Neighbors, neighbors, neighbors. I'm so excited for today's podcast. We're finally back from our trip to the US. Welcome back. Thank you, Katie. You went with me as well, so <laughs> that's what someone else should be telling us. Welcome back. But we went to California. We went to New York. We had a lot of uh, thoughts. We Catch had, up to do. We literally had a celebrity schedule every day on the go. Daniel go, was go. the celebrity and I was his manager. I was <laughs> dying to catch up with his busy schedule. But Katie, seriously, I want. I told you before, but I really want to say thank you for... Uh, being the be best manager. No, being very accommodating <laughs> and also like... You could have easily started complaining about the schedule, but you, uh, you played ball. Uh, you, you know, you 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 tied your shoes. You came along, and we had like it was a mission. We had a years long adventure packed into three weeks. So yeah, thank you for true. for playing, playing. After ball. we came back, I needed a break from this <laughs> holiday. Vacations, I, I you won't say work, but. I think it's true. You need a vacation from your vacation because vacationing is like demanding. Like physically, you have to be walking, you have to be like meeting, and um, unless you're just at a re just as a resort, if just swimming in the ocean, that's all you do. I uh, definitely. If I think about one day in our past three weeks, it's definitely more calorie filled and more intense than any workday that I have. I'm just on the computer looking into a screen, ruining my eyes. That's like a typical workday for me. Uh, whereas when we're on vacation, we're up like five. We're like go, five. go, go, go type. So we just can't spare a day. This episode is brought to you by Gochjar. Gochjar is a uh, a store that we run. It's growing beautifully. Uh, thanks to all of our customers. We want to say thank you as well. And, uh, you know, if you need a gift, if you're looking for um, uh, sort of premium Korean food products or ceramics, that's the place to be. One thing that we've been enjoying lately as the weather is getting hotter is omicha chong. That's right. All you need is a little dose or a little pour of omicha extract. Extract. Omicha berries are like these uh, berries that have five different flavors all in one berry grown in Korea. You, you pour the extract liquid, pour in a little bit of ice cubes, and then a little bit of uh, carbonated water. Mix it up. It's the most refreshing drink. It's it's the healthy version of Coca Cola. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> nicely put. Yeah, um, that's what I've been drinking after my workouts. I've been we've been drinking a lot. I think we've already like finished one of those. Like, I crave charge. it after every meal. It's somehow. nice. It's really it's very nice. refreshing. Yeah, you can also use meshil chung. Chung just means uh, sugared. Um, I think meshil has liquid. a sweeter kind of end taste oh. omicha has a more like a uh, citrusy i think yeah anyway so katie let's 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 talk about our trip let's um, rewind somehow it's strange to say but after that long trip so we were away for almost a month yeah really a little bit short of a month and i felt like when i got back to korea mm. i started to appreciate so many little things <laughs> Like uh, the weather. About Korea? Yeah. Mm. And like the trees, everything. Somehow the trees look so green. In Korea? <laughs> Just even in our like on the main street outside. I used to think, think that these trees are just nothing. They wouldn't really come to my um, focus. But now like these trees are so lush and so beautiful. <laughs> and we've got this mountain in our back and it's... So nice. Whereas, like when we were in California, the weather was nice. It was all sunny, but it's very dry and like yeah. there is hardly 
like there are trees but most of them are like dying <laughs> no i think it's the california mountains california is a desert so when you look at the the mountain ranges are vast right they're yeah. huge but they're monotone brown it's just dust Yeah, they're brown dust mountains kind of gray <laughs> there's nothing growing on them <laughs> and then remember one time we went on a kind of a hike Uh, with your mom actually the very first day oh we yeah. arrived your mom took us to like a three-hour hike oh to kill our jet lag and no, like, that was not the original motivation but well we did and then initially it was supposed to be like a short like 30 minutes one hour just like look around chill it ended up being like three hour hike across the entire like <laughs> a mountain and there's not a single shade during the whole hike yeah. and then it's so hot <laughs> yeah, so like we went um, the next day. My mom's like, all right, since you guys are here uh, after we eat breakfast, let's go on a little hike. Um, there she does. She, my mom's like, yeah, I took your sister once and she was always complaining. But, you know, you guys would be fine. And so in my mind, I was just thinking we're going to go on a light like hike to help us digest or like just to get out of the house just for a little bit since we had such a long plane ride. My mom took us to... Um, I think it's this, uh, man, is it Hacienda Height Mountains? I think so. It's very local. It's just hills. It's not even a mountain. It's like hills. Yeah. Uh, rolling hills. But the funny thing was, uh, my mom just kind of led the group with such like... Um, confidence. Confidence and certainty. Um, but yeah, that day was really hot. There's not, you know, it's, I mean, anyone who lives in California, you just know there's like, there's no shade anywhere. It's just desert mountain there's nothing to look at it's there were just big. shrubs it's just, it's just shrub oh actually there was one snake that yeah. popped out right yeah. in front but that snake was dying too because <laughs> yeah, like, of shade? heat where's the shade um anyway. i've never seen the slowest snake in my life yeah so i think that sets kind of how it was and then my mom was just like maybe like 30 minutes in i was like mom uh how long is this route she's like oh you guys are young you know don't worry you know There's just this roundabout. There's the tree where the where the wind blows, and then we'll just take a right after that. And I was like, okay, and I didn't want to say anything, but you know, one hour in, I'm starting to feel drowsy. I don't know, I'm pretty tired. So course, jet lag the jet started lag, to hit. Jet lag, jet lag is hitting. One hour soon becomes two hours, and then my mom, uh, in the beginning, when she just kept saying, "Yeah, it's just around the corner," two hours later, same thing. Guys, there's this place with the shade where the wind blows, and it's going to be just around the corner where we go roundabout. Two hours passed. Now it's two hours and a half. Ah, I think it's over here. Ah, did we pass it? I was like, Mom. I was like, Mom, no, 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 not today. Like, this better be that, that shaded corner where the wind blows, or else I'm going to start getting pretty... Um, pretty irritated here because this was supposed to be a 30 minute walk we're two hour and a half in and here's katie with her mother-in-law she can't say anything and she's just like like I'm tiptoeing just like along poking you yeah and it's like welcome to america <laughs> like we're in the desert taking a <laughs> hike with my mom who might I think my mom she didn't even have shoes on i think she had the raised ajima heels on Yeah. My mom's a trooper. That was like a wake up call because before that, I was I would watch some YouTube videos about some girls going on a hike with her dog in some California mountain. Looks so romantic and nice, <laughs> <laughs> but I just forgot that you can never feel it <laughs> or see the reality <laughs> until yeah. you go there. Yeah. <laughs> It's like to be honest, if we filmed a YouTube video, I could so make it look like we're having the time of our lives there. <laughs> um, 
long story it's short sunny, long know? story short guys the day after we arrived my the the whole route took us maybe three hours and a half and so but it was kind of a blessing in disguise because if we had fallen asleep that jet lag would have lasted us one week because coming to korea you don't get jet lag that much but going from korea to los angeles you usually arrive like two in the afternoon and it is your mission to not sleep until at least like eight or nine. <laughs> but when we we're on that hike, it was around five. And I, I remember I was yawning. I was like, mom, I, I really wish that roundabout <laughs> came because I need to go home. <laughs> I need to sleep. <laughs> but somehow, somehow that, um, yeah, that, that I, I got past the tiredness and, and we went to go meet my friend afterwards. Yeah. Who did a really a, nice barbecue. His, uh, in his patio. And yeah. Like I like the vibe there. Cause like, they're like it's not like you meet outside or drink until really late at night it's like you go to your friend's house you mean california yeah that's you do like the barbecue in the house in the backyard that kind of environment was really nice yeah that's one thing and I you miss do a lot of too. sleepovers yeah. i don't think i've ever done a sleepover in korea like at a friend's house nothing like that. especially after i became eight adult too yeah yeah it's not like a common culture but seems like in america that's like a very common culture and yeah. i like that it felt so homely cozy you cook together yeah that's that's one thing i definitely miss too like in korea the house is like sacred you, you don't just casually invite friends over to hang out i mean maybe when you're like really young in elementary that doesn't mm, matter mm -hmm. but like as an adult over like 18 you no. generally don't invite friends that's over to your house and you don't do house parties but in the u.s Partially because, especially in California, there's so much land, and so like you're not you're not gonna drive one hour downtown to meet up. So you just you know drink first floor, yeah, hang out, and your house is, your your home is my home kind of vibe. Yeah. Backyard barbecues. Yeah. That's one thing I really miss: backyard barbecues and backyard barbecue. Just chill, relax. Patio, yeah. Just like looking at the sunset, mm. and it's so quiet. Very chill. I really like that vibe. Maybe I'll take our podcast along in a timeline and then we could just hit on notes how you felt. Try to remember like kind of those things that that, 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 that come to mind. Mm. So another thing that really like was very interesting because of how different it was, the mm. experience, was uh, when we went surfing. It's not when we, when you went surfing and I was watching you, uh -huh. how convenient it is. Like we got to the, the beach side and then people would just bring their own gears. They'll be changing at the back of their car. Mm. That's it. They'll put on their wetsuit, just the board on the right in their hand. And yeah. then they'll just jump into the ocean. Everything how easy that looked. I love it because that's like in Korea, whenever you learn something new, the culture is to go get, go to an academy or that's how everything has been. Like it's very structured, very institutionalized. Like if I go to surfing in, in Korea here, like on the East coast, you have to go get a wristband somewhere. Then there's a place where you go change. Then it's like very systematic. Yeah. Whereas like in the States, it's very DIY. You bring your board. If you want to go and you're good, you don't need to go through all these little hurdles and money you don't have to pay money for everything just bring no. your own stuff it's like it's free right yeah like i don't think if in korea even if i wanted to rent a board right now if they'll ask me how many times have you surfed before and if it doesn't pass like their criteria yeah. they won't let me they won't let me the board and basically i'll have to learn through them 
in order to do surfing in the ocean. They're not gonna let you teach me to surf. Yeah. And just rent the board. Yeah. That's like kind of the annoying thing. Oh, uh, that surfing experience. That um, was really fun. Big ups to my friend who who um brought his board. Oh man. Uh, by the way, the beach that we went to, it was near LA. It's called Manhattan Beach. And then there's a section called El Porto Beach where you can park your car right along the shoreline. Uh, you can put on your wetsuit and you're right into the water. The, the waves there was just perfect. That was like the most movie-like moment for me, I think. Oh, of like the typical California-esque yeah. like, uh, life that's portrayed in movies? Yeah. Man, if I lived in California, I think I would be there quite a lot. Ah. I loved it. And guys, why I'm so happy right now, I'm still sky high, was, um, you know, in the previous podcast, I like kind of bitched and moaned about how we couldn't catch a wave and this <laughs> and that. Like, seriously, I was there. And as soon as I got in the water, the first, okay, actually, even before I rode, I saw dolphins. Yeah. I have never seen a live surreal. dolphin in the water. But when me and Right my, in front of you. It was right in front of us. Mm. And it was hilarious, like the fin. I could see it too from the sand. Katie, Katie, I am telling you, I was like talking with my friend and then I just see a fin pop out of the water. Mm -hmm. And literally for, it wasn't even a split second. I think for about five seconds, I was like, oh, that, I think that's a dolphin, but that could be a shark, right? So I'm like- Jaws. <laughs> jaws, yeah. My mind is like racing. My, my like neurons in my brain are finding like what to do, what to do. I, I asked my friend, I was like, is that a shark or something? And then I think there was a bunch of surfers and one of them turned around. He had a big smile. And then I knew that, you know, it, wasn't it, was, it. it was fine. He's like, dude, it's a, it's a dolphin, man. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> oh, man. What a blessing to see dolphins in the water. Yeah. Um, they were like a pair, too. And, and I heard the when they like released water into the air yeah. to breathe. I thought you'd have to go to Hawaii or somewhere more like, I don't know, far away to yeah. see the dolphins. But that was very, very cool. I felt like they kind of blessed that session because the first wave that looked proper. You caught waivers, it. I caught it. And I put it on <laughs> my, I probably put it on my personal Instagram. Yeah. yeah, not on the, maybe I'll put it on the future neighbor. By the way, if you're not following us, we put up a lot of fun stuff uh, of what we do at e future neighbor yeah put the letter that's e in front of future neighbor that's our uh ig account ig account follow us yeah we put a lot of random stuff on there but yeah i caught it and oh my gosh i was so sky high now i really analyzed this because guys if you know me i'm always like trying to analyze stuff and like trying to understand like how come i wrote this so well and the thing <laughs> is my friend is very similar height similar build to me so he has a surfboard that's exactly the right size for him. Mm. And we wax the underside of the board and we wax the top. Oh, sorry, Katie, you're looking at me like I'm talking crazy. But if you pour wax, it's better for grip. Yeah. When you put but why the underside? Why did wax the I underside? I think it helps with speed. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, or maybe you weren't supposed to do the way. I don't know. But the key thing is I finally rode a board that was like, because my friend is really into surfing. So that board fits his height, which yeah. means it fits mine. And all the other times, 
maybe where I rented, it was either too big or it's not for me. Yeah. But I was trying to put those huge ass boards onto like rinkity dinkity waves. Mm. And so now it reaffirmed to me, I know the basics. <laughs> it was the gear. That was, was the, the problem. It was the gear. <laughs> oh, I so think happy. I've heard this from somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And my friend was just telling me, um, I was like, hey, do you have any tips? And he was just saying, when you paddle, don't lose all of the momentum by like moving around left and right too much. Like just paddle so the energy goes or you go enough with enough speed. But other than that, I think you're okay. And uh, I don't know, guys, because I've tried so many times. I went to a wave park in Korea, got destroyed, uh, went to other places. There's no things. And finally, I caught a... W- Actually, not even a one. Like four or five waves, um, oh. like green waves, like that, the not, best not, performance. So not far. broken waves, green waves. And I'm telling you, Katie, uh, I do a lot of sports, but I gotta say, catching a wave it has to be one of the best feelings because even if you're good, catching a wave is still there's it, it's still uh, difficult. Like we always say on this podcast, doing hard things, there's no better feeling, like when you when you actually do it. Mm. So. I'm gonna admit when I'm on the when I'm in the restroom, I go to that Instagram post and I just look at me catching the wave. I'm gonna look at that for like ten years. So happy. How good were those tacos in LA? Let's talk tacos for a second. Oh my gosh, my phone is just full of photos of tacos. Yeah. <laughs> we went to so many different places. We went to Oscars. We uh, went San to San Diego. Fish tacos. Yeah. Okay, first of all, how did you like the fish tacos in San Diego? It was good. Oscars. It, the Oscars one really good. Super delicious, it. no? Yeah. I I keep thinking that there is a big market for fish tacos in Korea. Like street tacos, street Mexican tacos have they made their way to Korea, but they're really expensive. You're but, right. It's missing in Korea. But that's one thing that's missing in right? Korea. That, like beer battered fish taco. Yeah. Um, with a little bit of the um, shredded uh cabbage and then some salsa and then the crema sauce on top and korea like would it. love that i'm telling you that'd be a huge market because it's fresh i it's prefer it when it's crispy too ah but now we're talking about street tacos let's stay on the fish tacos for a second anyway i guess we're done with the fish tacos not much more to talk about <laughs> okay what more have you got to say let me hear no i just i like uh, I I just want someone else <laughs> to bring like Baja fresh um or Ensenada or like that that coastline that Mexican coastline top yeah. type fish tacos to Korea and I would be there every day. Yeah. Every day I'd be there. I love it. Can't get enough of fish but tacos. But I bet it's really hard to replicate it too. Yeah. You need, I think they source like the corn tortilla uh-huh. from Mexico and it's very close by yeah. to America, but like you to ne- Korea, it's so far away. Yeah, you need that me- that mesa. San Diego is so close to exactly Mexico. So. so they can keep it as like authentic as possible. But By the way, at Oscars, not only was the fish taco good, their shrimp taco was killer. Yeah. And then... Sh- a shrimp and beef taco was good too. The surf and turf. Remember they had the steak and then the grilled shrimp in one taco? Yeah, that one, I really like that. With some avocado. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. So good. Um, but I feel like I've had like five years worth of fish taco during that three-week trip. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, I, I am good. Good. Okay, good so for we, now. okay, so we had the fish tacos, uh, notably from Oscars in San Diego, and then uh, after that surf trip, 
uh, our friend's wife, she took us uh, to uh, a food truck in LA downtown. Mariscos, Jariscos. Yeah, there was different, but also good. You love the corn tortillas that are deep fried because you like that pasak pasak, yeah, the that crispy crunchy texture. And how good I was that, that tacos de camarón? <laughs> Shrimp tacos. It was really good. Guys, for those who... Okay, first of all, if you're hungry, just um, Google Mariscos, Jaliscos. Uh, it's on uh, Olympic Boulevard uh, in LA. Uh, just look at the, the pictures. Guys, they deep fry. Uh, first of all, I think they make some sort of shrimp mixture. And then a um, long time ago when I was in junior high at Jack in the Box, they used to sell these 99 cent tacos that they deep fry. But it's like very similar where they get that shrimp um, mixture, they put it into those corn tortillas and they deep fry it until it's like crunchy. On top, they don't add any shredded lettuce or tomato into the thing. Just on top of the taco itself, they lay it flat. Then they put some um, salsa and then a few slices of avocado and some oh. Oh, <laughs> super killer, huh? That would kill in Korea too. Yeah. But you have to have it hot and fresh. That's why it was so good. Yeah. But it, it was like sitting out for some time. We went stale. have lost this magic, but it, they made it straight away upon order. That's right. So good. And did you like the, um, right next door we tried the bidia? The goat. The goat where the, you dip it into the consomme. Did you like that? Yeah, that was good too. But uh, I prefer the shrimp one. Yeah. Okay, so then how about San Diego? What did, what did you, how did you like the... Um, did a, sh- a short family trip to San Diego yeah, too? I, I took San Diego is beautiful. I was thinking that if we move back to the States, I would highly consider San Diego as the town to go back to. Mm. Because when I was in Orange County, I always think this, but um, I was kind of, kind of reminded of it. Like there's no industry in Orange County. So if you're not in the medical profession or in real estate, there's not really many, like there's not, or yeah, there's lawyer. no, yeah, there's no uh, much industry for you to do there. So everyone that lives in Orange County, at least my friends are, are all doctors or, uh, all of most of your friends are doctors. Yeah. They're <laughs> all like dentists or that doctors. Was interesting. Hence they stay in Orange County and everyone who's non-medical have gone into LA yeah right so orange county gets a little bit to be frank just boring like there's not that much stuff to do because most of cult most of the culture and most of like what's happening is not like doctors don't make culture (laughs) yeah but it's not far from la downtown so yeah i guess it's like a good distance if you want to like visit la but from that same light it's not like san diego is like really popping off but actually the tech industry there's a lot of startups going to san diego Mm. but somehow what i loved about san diego was just um you know i I love surfing i love water sports and i just love the pace there it was fast enough Mm -hmm. um or actually it was like active enough where i could see myself like um, going to surf in the morning and then go to work and then like have a drink in downtown and be back (laughs) <laughs> uh whereas like orange county where my parents live it's like they're just ah it's just too um ah, it's too boring for me <laughs> like we were in la every single day right yeah we're in orange county yeah we were always out and about but tell me honestly if you are in san diego do you think you would also work 
Oh, that's yeah. That's one thing that we were talking the about. The weather is so nice. The beach is right in front of you, and you know, just like I don't think I would work or yeah. want to work <laughs> at all. <laughs> I think I would just like to chill and enjoy life. Yeah. Like why? Like why push so hard? Right. I mean, if you look at all the beautiful the destinations around the world, like Hawaii, like um, Bali, it's not like the world's most. Um, you're like, not gonna like lock yourself in a room and just like, you know, coding all day long when it's so beautiful outside. What's the Genius Award? What's that Genius Award? Um, like, Nobel uh, Nobel prizes. <laughs> yeah, you don't see any Nobel prizes coming out from um, Hawaii, uh, Jamaica, Hawaii, like anywhere really close to beautiful places. You don't see that. Nobody working hard to solve uh, humanity's problem. Well, you could just go out to the beach and you don't see that. It's nice. Yeah, so I think it'll be really hard to get a motivation to work. Yeah, whereas when I'm when when we're in Korea, like we, like I'm surrounded by apatu, <laughs> surrounded just by buildings. buildings. <laughs> Everyone like hustle and bustling, like a, like a little ant colony. <laughs> you know, if you stay in your home, you feel guilty. Like there's that like tension. I don't to have keep a working. great view, so I just like it's not different to yeah. look at my computer <laughs> maybe we consider that uh if we start a family <laughs> oh katie we gotta go to the to the scuba incident oh we went to catalina too all right so my friend also um invited us to go to catalina island and i met a lot of my high school friends and we did a trip catalina island has a place called casino point that is simply beautiful Maybe even if you're not into uh, scuba diving. Snorkeling would snorkeling would be beautiful there too. There are kelp forests, like kelp that just, these little like long strands of kelp that go from the bottom all the way, maybe, yeah, all the way to the top. And in between, you'll see uh, groupers. You'll see like uh, uh, these orange fish. I forget, something Garaldi or Gibraldi, Gibroner. I forget what the name of the fish was, but a bunch of stuff you can see without having to go to like thailand or philippines um yeah and you don't even have to go deep and the same attitude about this whole surfing remember it was all diy in korea we have to go to a shop we have to go through some briefing they'll bring they bring all the stuff for you yeah um like uh there's like a changing room and like there's a shower everything very convenient but here just uh, there is a shop that rents stuff but you pick it up you find a place somewhere outdoor to get changed there's no yeah. shower yeah <laughs> it's like yeah everything do it on your own you bring DIY. everything yeah, bring or your own stuff yeah or rent we rented there we got our tanks nobody's there to like do safety checks you just do it on your own and and go in yeah very very independent all right so i'm going to describe what happened um which really still i'm still questioning whether we as a couple are going to continue to scuba dive because uh uh, what happened (laughs) you sound so dramatic no actually it was very it was actually a very traumatic experience so um katie got her open water license in korea and i think they did a very like like okay you paid us we're gonna just give you the the license and i don't think you learned a thing (laughs) I don't think you learned a thing because you don't remember anything. Well, it's been a while since you have scuba dive. It's been a year. But I don't know. It just wasn't there. Like I didn't see you like being familiar with the gear or like like understanding why you have to do stoppage time, which is like the most basic thing, right? And so it just seemed like 
they just joked around in class and then they gave you the license. No, I'm gonna admit definitely it wasn't as strictly done as how you did it under the uh, English person teacher. Yeah. You guys had one. Ours was very gentle, a lot of spoon feeding. I think. I know that's and the problem with getting spoon fed and learning anything. While you get it, it's nice, but later when you're on your own, you don't know anything. Yeah. Basically, like I knew that they were gonna give me the license, yeah. like most likely, like I knew it, like unless I really, really mess things up, yeah, they were they were just gonna give me the license. Okay, they were not strict about anything, so yeah. I think that mentality kind of got passed on to me, <laughs> and then so and I still don't know much. So that provides the base context of where we started. We. We got all of our gear and I made sure that like the gear wise we're okay. We jumped into the water and Katie, you had, which is okay. You had a lot of difficulty in, in actually uh, going under. Under. Right? Well, what do you call that? The buoyancy. Uh, well, even before the buoyancy, you had very much trouble going underneath the surface because you were underweighted. Yeah. You didn't have enough weights on you. So mm. you kept staying at the surface. But I didn't have like a record of like my own weights and nothing like that. So there was a lot of trial and error. Right. And then, yeah, so I was basically underweight, so I couldn't go further down. Yeah. I kept, I kept going, I kept floating on the surface. <laughs> All I kept seeing was Katie on top and then your butt in this fetal position just staying still. I'm like, Katie, like you got to like, if you're underway to try swim. And the next thing I know, Katie's stuck in that kelp, beautiful kelp forest. Those kelps um, were like stranding, straggling me. <laughs> next thing I know, one fin is off and then floating to the bottom. My, my fin kept falling off of me. And then next thing I know, Katie is like grabbing my, you didn't even know, but you were... You, at one point when you're stuck in the kelp forest, you were holding what you thought was maybe my arm, but that was actually my respirator. You were trying to take that out of my mouth. And I was like, holy shit. Like, <gasps> maybe we shouldn't, like, I don't think you're ready, but we were like, I kind of felt pressured because we woke up at four in the morning to get there. Everyone had their and gear we on. And with other friends. And I was with my, like, uh, one of my closest friends and, and his wife or soon to be wife. And then we're all underneath. And I was like, okay, but we should, you know. Oh, shit. Yeah, push it a little bit, and we finally got you situated uh, at the bottom, and I think you lost your n another fin, which went back up. I don't remember. <laughs> it was now yeah. it's become a hodgepodge of memories. But, um, long story short, after we got you situated and your buoyancy, like you kept going up, Katie would press the the a little bit of air into her vest, and then she would put too much, and the next I'll thing I know, up. she's shooting up, <laughs> and I would grab her. I. I literally felt like I should have got the license to become a scuba instructor, a dive master, because I was ha I had my right hand to keep you leveled now, and then I'm like trying to contain my maintenance. I thought I was joining the Navy, seriously, <laughs> to keep you chill. Um, next thing I see, oh the gosh. water in your the water in your uh, face mask kept going up, and I told you to blow out, but then it didn't fit it keeps my going. face. It didn't fit my face. So <laughs> half the time, my goggle oh my is God. like, like full of water. <laughs> but so you know, funny enough, I still managed to see a lot of fish. Katie, that's the mystery. Katie, Katie, you probably saw like a, like some fog, and you thought that was like a, a fish, right? I, I, I felt bad because here we are seeing one of the best diving points that that I've I been to. I saw a lot of sea cucumber. And then you're, 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 you're. <laughs> 
your goggles look like the scene in Titanic in the car. You couldn't see anything. It's all fogged up. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm trying to tell you, like, wipe your gla- wipe your goggles so you can see something. And then you're like, no, it's okay. And you're just going around with these fog fog canisters on your eyes. And I was like, what's the point? But here's what happened. My friend, uh, after a while, and with my right hand on Katie to control her buoyancy, um, my friend was like, oh, look at those school of fishes. And literally, just for a second, yeah, I, I saw what direction we had to go in, and I put a little bit of air. And I looked to the left just to see where my friends, and then, you know, doing a buddy check on her, on his fiance as well, just seeing where she's at. And then I turn around, Katie's not there. And like, if you scuba before, it's, it's very easy to have tunnel vision, but it's very hard to see like everything around you. So I literally did like a 360 360 trying to look, but you were not there. Mm -hmm. And my friend and his fiance who were, who were uh, in front of us did not know that you like they, they, they were just chilling. So I went up to them and I didn't know what the, like, I'm starting to panic because I don't see you. (laughs) Yeah. I was trying to motion to them. I don't know what the finger motion is. Where the hell is my partner? Where's my wife? So I did like like a like a mime in front of them. What the fuck is going on? Where is she? Like underwater, like like this. like where is going on? Like like uh, like your a, hand up and down, up basically. and down. Like wh- wh- where is she? And then my friends kind of figured out. Oh my god, something's going on, and they started looking around and they couldn't find you. And so then that's when panic started set in because I thought maybe they knew and they would have pointed. But both of them are doing the same thing. They don't know where you are. And so, oh, man. Yeah, like, like at that time, like, <clears throat> yeah, that's when, um, that's actually, to be honest, that's the first time I really felt vulnerable. Yeah, I was like, maybe, maybe the worst is happening. I always say on this podcast at nighttime, I listen to these uh Crazy crime stories. No, not crime stories, but these documentaries about like how I should have died and they always talk about their escape and it's like in nature or like... In my mind, I was like, oh shit, something is happening right now. This can't be happening to my wife right now. Like, where is she? Because in in that like, you know, you know when your thoughts, when you get panic, you get all these thoughts and they seem very long. I remember like, I remember your leg, the scene, your leg being caught in the kelp. And I was like, oh shit. Maybe she's caught. Maybe she's stuck in kelp. But then the freakiest thing, and I kept telling you, was that I heard a whistle in the water. Like a... <laughs> that might have been my brain making it up. Like when yeah. you're panicking and it starts inventing stuff. Yeah. But I heard a... And that literally took me from zero to 200. Because I was like, is this not you pleading for help on your BCD that you're stuck? And if you're blowing into a whistle, that means your respirator is out. And I was like, holy shit. Holy shnikes. Holy shnikes. This, this is really happening right now. And in scuba, when your partner disappears, that is like... like that's like... That oh is no. extreme. That is, that is extreme. So That cannot happen. That can never happen. But you were gone so quickly. Like, <laughs> I, I literally turned around to see where she was. I looked at my friend. I gave the okay. And then you're gone. <laughs> and like, it, if I just saw like the, if the thing is, if I just saw your feet, maybe you were rising to the surface. I could see you and I wouldn't get panic. But you were just gone like a ghost. Yeah. 
And then I hear this, so then I was like, oh, hell no. Fight or flight, I'm fighting for you. So I just put all the air in my BCD. I didn't care what, what meter I was at, and I just bolted to the surface. Now, <laughs> anyone who's listening who's done scuba driving knows, you know, luckily open water, I think we might have been at like, uh, whatever, like 15, 20 feet. It was like really rinkety-dinkety. Like we didn't go not, deep. Not deep at all. So like I just bolted to the surface and nothing happened. But if we were literally deeper, you know, I could get the bends. I could, you know, a lot of bad stuff could happen. But that didn't, that thought didn't cross my mind. I just bolted to the surface because I was thinking, I need to check that you're not at the surface because if you're not at the surface, you're stuck in some kelp and I need to go right back down. Because before I bolted up, I looked around as fast as I could to see where you are. I couldn't see anywhere. Yeah. And like to the right was the vast ocean and to oh the left God. are these kelp. But I don't see you in the kelp, which means you could have dropped off maybe. And like a fin fell off and you're just dropping. Like, I mean, right now we're on a podcast, but could you like see like all these things that are happening in my mind and your husband? By the way, you need to speak closer into the mic. Mm. And like... I bolted up to the top and then I see Katie like or like 50 feet away. <laughs> I don't know how she got that far. And then she I was like, I don't know either. And she was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know why I came up. <laughs> oh. Basically, I just uh, shut up. Somehow, I, you put some air into my BCD and I just lost control and I just continued to shoot up and then I basically went straight yeah. up. You were under, you were underweighted, so that little bit of air, uh, I don't know, I don't think you knew how to take the air out properly or something, or there was still air. Anyway, when I saw you, I was, I mean, needless to say, I was so relieved that you're okay. And then I started to think, like, is scuba really worth it? Like, I mean, it's a potentially life-ending activity, and if you had a passion to go see fishes and it really, like, did something for you, then we should do it but a lot of times i felt like you're just doing it because it's something to do and i enjoy it and you wanted to also come along yeah and if if it's that case i don't think we need to put your life in potential danger like that ever again i'm kind of i i i'm still i mean i we still need to discuss it a little bit like if you want to learn you need to be really focused and learn uh, because it's dangerous right the thing is it feels like doesn't seem that serious because thankfully nothing happened but i know that in retrospect like so many things could have gone wrong right all it takes is just one small thing to go wrong and then like basically it's irreversible like yeah, you said if i got caught in that kelp well the first time i got caught in that bushes of kelp like <laughs> you saved me i because it was all tangling up around my leg and I, there's no way i could have like got myself out of it but imagine that i lost you there and i was stuck in that kelp bush yeah and then and then let's say we took a right and then I just didn't know where you, you are. You can't find me. And like, I'm just stuck there for like for another 30 minutes. I run out of my oxygen and that's it. Goodbye. So that kind of thoughts like really freak me out now. I, I for the first time, I, I felt, I felt your, I don't know how to say this, but I've, I felt what it felt like of you potentially something bad happening to you. And that was like, 
Yeah, it this was, is a very scary it was, moment. It was traumatic to me. It, it was, was super like, traumatic to me. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of saying it with a smile, but it it was a scary moment. Yeah, and I bet your friends got like really terrified too. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's definitely not like a pleasant moment uh, so yeah. i feel really bad about it yeah the number one thing you learn in scuba when you're doing the open water is you're not allowed to shoot up you have to handle things underwater right yeah but the thing is i i think i need a lot more practice all uh. i did was get that license it was like a very short and quick very intensive training i did mm. and then after that we never went scuba or it's, never yeah, went practice so I this was, was like the first time i did in a year and yeah i think it was short-sighted of me to also to like to just go with us without like a like uh, a master a master but thankfully that the place we went was like, like kind of like a beginner friendly yeah so you yeah. i gave it if you okay. shot up it was okay yeah Oh man, yeah, we need to move subjects because like that, that, that one's, uh, that one like yeah, that w- actually, but maybe, maybe it was a good dose of reality, also because like, I started to think a little bit more responsibly, like for my wife too, like, in the future stuff, I should really think about those things, and like as I get older, go less, a little bit less risky on these things. The pursuit of fun or joy is not; it needs to be balanced out by the the risk of the activity right yeah. well yeah i mean scuba was kind of like like that but on the other hand um uh, climbing was very very fun yeah yeah all right <laughs> so so we'll see if we'll do more scuba ah oh, yeah that gets me in a weird space just rethinking that it was just too crazy for me yeah i think we can move on yeah how about New York, Kitty? This was your first time to New York. What did you think? It was very, very fun, but also at the same time, very overwhelming with so many things going on, oh. busy city life. Like I'm used to a city life, but it felt so different there. Like oh. also a lot of diversity. And then the Central Park was so beautiful, but there's a lot of also homeless people oh. that freaked me out. Because one time, this homeless person <laughs> ran towards me from back and like hit me on the arm and I don't know he was yelling something at me and I'm like what I didn't do anything where did you come from yeah like Katie and me were just walking and all of a sudden we got this guy like this this um I think he was like a homeless guy he comes up and he's just like I mean I, I don't want to repeat all the customers but all like he's just he's just gone mad and just like I fuck you guys up oh, I just said I wouldn't say it but yeah, fuck you. I'll fuck you up. And he's talking to Katie. Like, like yeah. he's not even talking to me. I didn't even he's know where he popped out of. Yeah. He said, I'll fuck you. I'll kill you. I'll, and I was like, and then he kind of karate chopped your left arm. <laughs> but like the thing was. It I, was painful too. Did you accidentally hit him or? No. Or, I don't even remember seeing that guy. I think he was I out of his mind. I don't know where he came from. I think he was out of his mind. He just jumped out like. like <laughs> just, That's just, why. Oh, yeah. I mean, I kind of scooted Katie behind me and I was like, hey, like, what? What's going on? What? Like, calm down. Like, <laughs> calm down. Like, no, no, I'll kill both of you. I'm like, no, 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 no. You're not going to do anything, but calm down. Well, like, what's going on? Yeah. You know? But then. And then he slowly went oh, yeah, away. Like, 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 he slowly, like, calm down. Like, 
What the? No, but that was that too was random really to even react. He just popped out of nowhere. Yeah. But he went from like, it wasn't even like a slow escalation. It was just, he came at us like 200 miles per hour. Like, I was like, he must be on like some sort of like, I think he was tripping on something. I would have been a little bit more intimidated if he was, um, he looked malnourished. He ain't a threat to anybody. So. Well, when I think about that incident, yeah. what comes to my mind is also how, what, what we were, we were on our way to find the toilet for you. <laughs> and that's what happened. Oh, so. New York, New York. Oh, New York. I, oh. So I'm going to blame the lack of toilets, <laughs> public toilets. Oh my gosh. Seriously, finding a public restroom in New York, why so difficult? Why they don't put a little bit more <laughs> like restrooms? So we were in uh, Washington Square Park. Y yeah. We were in Washington Square Park. We'll tell you about the pizza store right after this. But Washington Square Park, there was a, a public a toilet in the <laughs> in the park. You went in, but then you said you couldn't use it. No, I don't no, know I'll why. You, I'll tell you why. I went into the men's restroom and and then I saw like two homeless guys in line. They like turned around to see who it was, uh, and I was like, "You guys in line for the restroom?" They're like, "What do you think?" And I was like, <laughs> "Okay." So then like. I was like the third person in line. But then the guy that was in there, I think they're all friends, but one guy's like, hey, James, so what do you think of today? And they're talking. I'm like, there, there's no <laughs> way the guy taking a poo and talking to his friend who's outside also waiting in line. Like, this is at least 45 minutes right here. And like, there's no way to happily nudge a homeless guy to quickly get out of the restroom. So I was like, that, that ain't happening. <laughs> And, like, I need to go find a Starbucks. But then, yeah, I went to go find a nearby, like, a Starbucks or some sort of coffee. And then every time, oh, I'm sorry, there's a problem with the water, uh, water plumbing. Oh, we had a water burst. Why like is temporarily that closed. Yeah. Oh, first place, water is broken. I'm sorry. Second place, we go, I'm sorry, uh, our restrooms are under repair. Third place, I went, oh, sorry, the water plumb is boring. And I was like, is the plumbing always broke? In, in new york what is going on so then i resorted i was like when i went to that fancy place and i was like oh, i got a reservation at the bar <laughs> i think that was it right yeah so so i was like oh my god this is getting i think urgent. we ended up in soho <laughs> by that point <laughs> i might have walked half of new york <laughs> to find i couldn't hold it any longer and there was like this really upscale like oyster bar um really swanky and i was like katie take my backpack <laughs> Because I can't be, there's no way I have a reservation and I'm coming in with a backpack. So I was like, hold my backpack real quick. And then uh, I went downstairs. The guy's like, hey, how can I do for you? I was like, oh, uh, my friend's waiting for me. I got a reservation at the bar. He's like, oh, you do? I was like, yeah, that guy right there. <laughs> but I said it. I said it like I'm on a mission because I did not, I did not want to go with my pants. So. Uh, so much confidence it's like right there that it's guy. like a life or death situation yeah. for you going yeah. on and as soon as that door opened i thought i won the lottery <laughs> so i finally went in and used the restroom and um yeah of course when i walked out the guy gave me an eye but uh yeah where, where, the, where are your restrooms where are your restrooms in new york you got all that money funnel 
tuck some of the uh, the stock transactions and use it to build some public <laughs> restrooms so that tourists like me can do sightseeing without having to get crafty into like you using even a restroom. you even downloaded this app that shows all the public restrooms in New York, but I guess it didn't really oh, work. It was terrible. It was made by some uh, professor, and it just doesn't work. <laughs> that was like an everyday struggle. <laughs> Yeah, before we leave anywhere, like make sure you use the restroom. That's why Katie, I was like, Katie, I was like, Katie, this place is pretty nice. Are you sure you don't want to use the restroom before we go? Because like after that, it's like public toilet. So man, that one I hope they they improve really. But thank God because like whenever I'm abroad, like my digestion doesn't work, and after having Korean food and then putting like copious amounts of pizza, my my digestion is already slowed. It's not working. <laughs> But if it was working properly like Korea, oh my god, I would have been game over. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't think you over. can leave the house. I would have been to leave the house. My goodness, <laughs> I would have just put a big diaper on, just uh, <laughs> just went around. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh man. man. Um, how about the pizza? Oh my god. Oh wait, wait. We gotta go back to the. We gotta go back when we're in uh, Washington Square Park. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> we had to go back. you know every country we go to we always have a a funny um a humorous story with with the uh, homeless like when we were in paris that uh gypsy put her dipped her fingers into my sandwich <laughs> <laughs> so go to the past podcast talked about that one um yeah we had just gone to joe joe's on bleaker no 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 it's not joe john's. it's john john john's john's on bleaker street mm. And that pizza was phenomenal. Uh, we loved it. Yeah. Absolutely delicious. We got the meat lovers and then we got also the, the regular. Mm. Um, got it half and half. half it and was half. like phenomenal. Hey, okay, we'll just pause right there. New York pizza, let me know how you feel. How good? Honestly, oh. I like it more than tacos. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> like I miss the New York pizza. How do they make it so good, right? Like That New York style? Honestly, I think it's better than the pizza in Italy. Way better. Yeah. I don't know. how. It's definitely different. It's so thin, but also like crispy. crispy. And chewy. A little yeah. bit chewy. And just so much flavor. Delicious. It was definitely eye-opening moment for me because I didn't think that... Pizza could be that good. Yeah. Now, you like your expectations have gone up so high so anytime we go to korea and you order pizza you're always going to be disappointed that's how i feel about tacos when i'm here in korea i, I i'm never like satisfied because it's it just doesn't compare yeah um, i love how thin it is and thin but also like it's not heavy don't you love the right amount of sauce that they put it's not like when you bite in it's like overly acidic from the tomato sauce, it's just the right balance of cheese, tomato, yeah, and yeah. then dough. Amazing, amazing. Um, so uh, it was too much pizza, so we got a few to uh, to take out. And then we went to the park. We just I looked just, around, and I was like, "We're just sitting on a bench, yeah, just soaking it people in, people watching." Because like I didn't want to carry around that box all day, right? This was just like the start of our day. I was like, "No, Katie, we're not gonna throw it. Like, let's not toss this." Like, for sure, there are some homeless people who would, you know, really appreciate um, a nice slice of pizza, right? And so, what happened? Uh, 
This homeless person was going by people asking for some money, <laughs> and then when he came to us, he was like, "What say you got some money for me or something like that?" And then we were like, "Oh, we got some pizza. Would you want some?" And then he was like, "Oh, no, no, no. Here, I'll, I'll say it." <laughs> the guy was like, "Hey man, you guys got any spare change or you know, like, hungry for a meal? Or any some money?" I was like, oh no, I don't got money, but you know, if you're hungry, I'll give you a, a slice of pizza if you want. And then he looked at us dead in the eyes. He's like, man, if I have another slice of pizza, I'm gonna turn into a pepperoni. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting that, but I thought that was hilarious. It was like the, like the way he delivered that line. Yeah. And then uh, and I was kind of kind of like laugh. I was like, oh man. And then he, but then he was like, but let me look at it. <laughs> We opened up the pizza box, and the funniest thing was, as soon as that box lifted, his fingers were inside. He took it. He didn't even say a word to us. Like bit it, it bit it into his mouth, and then walked off to the next person. To the next person, um, he continued on his mission. But it was hilarious because there was not even a like, there was not even a thank you or like an, an acknowledgement. It was like, in boom, gone. Yeah. <laughs> And like, not that we need the thank you, but it was what we call in Korean, like, tangwang. It would just happen so quickly. Yeah. And I didn't expect that. So, <laughs> like, the next moment, I'm looking, the pizza's gone, and then the guy's somewhere over there. Yeah. <laughs> Man, if I get another slice of pizza, I'm going to turn it to pepperoni. Boom, 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 gone. <laughs> and so we're like, whoa. It was really funny. Yeah. And then I remember you're like, wow, the homeless people are different here. <laughs> They're like uh, right on point. They know what they want and they go. Yeah. They're busy. <laughs> but then we had another slice. And then two minutes later, another person came. He's like, hey, do you guys have any money? And I was like, hey, if you're hungry, <laughs> we, have a sl- we have another slice of pizza if you like. And then he took it. But then he was like, hey, man, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, he had the more soft that, character. That was the That was kind of the response that I was expecting and, you know. Washington Square Park. It was interesting, and there's a lot of characters. Yeah, it was really fun. Just people watch. There were like this band playing jazz music. I think that part I really like about New York is the park is such a melting pot for all the people living yeah. in New York. Yeah. Like there's people who are just coming out for a nice walk. There are like babysitters walking other parents' kids, watching other parents' kids. There's like homeless. There's like the skateboarders. There's the weed smokers. And it's just like everyone's just enjoying that open air. Uh, I, I really like that. And there's the NYU students. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they had the graduation that day. Yeah. There's also a lot like, you know, like that marijuana. I think overall in the tr- overall in the U.S. since the last time I've been there, just marijuana is like everywhere. Even in like Washington Square Park, they would have these tables and they would have like pre-rolled joints and they're selling them out in the open. And, you know, living here in Korea, I don't follow up with like, you know, where, where exactly each of the states are with their marijuana laws. I just know that it's becoming a lot more accessible and I think legal for personal consumption. But it was just strange to see. Like everyone is just selling joints like um out in the public and you're smoking and everywhere you go like even in la as soon as we arrived in lax walked out of the building you get hit with that marijuana smoke right and like before our trip 
Katie was like, I'm not sure what that smells like. And by the end, you're like, Now I know. That's marijuana. Yeah, right? I know for it's sure. Everywhere. Yeah. If you're not, if you're, if, if you don't smoke, I think it would get kind of annoying because that smoke is like everywhere. I right? think so. That, that I mean, it didn't bother me that much. And, but I remember like during college years, they, some of my friends would get really, really bothered by the smell. So they would like put towels underneath their door. Uh, so the smell doesn't come to their room. Uh, before we kind of like move on and talk about it, some other experiences and how we felt like on the issue of like homelessness and when we're in korea like it's very hard to see homeless people i mean you see them from time to time um especially near seoul station and i'm sure there are a lot of people who are homeless but it's not visible in society like you don't see that many actually it's very rare for me to actually see homeless people on the streets here in korea going back to especially la um, and just seeing, because I actually, we went to the art center to go climbing at uh, LA Boulders, but that's very close to Skid Row. And I actually, I actually was like, Katie, I want you to see Skid Row. I want you to get a real experience of LA. So he decided to leave his park all the way far away and uh, make us walk. <laughs> no, I didn't want you to walk through Skid Row. I think that'd be a little bit too intimidating. And But we walked around Arts District but I did drive through Skid Row just to show you kind of like the reality of the city. And yeah, homelessness is a real issue in the U.S. And yeah, if I'm, vi- if, like if I'm being very honest about it, like just L.A. seems very dirty to me. I don't know how that sounds to people who are listening to this, but not that homelessness is like, um, it's not that homelessness is dirty. It's that, the city itself, since the issue of homelessness is not, it is, is such a complex issue that parts of the city just keeps feeling dirtier and more run down. And like, yeah, LA just seems dirty to me and unsafe. Unsafe, definitely. I felt really scared when we were walking on the streets because I'm just not used to that kind of street or environment. And I was thinking about this, 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 this issue of homelessness a lot when I was in LA. Just in my head, like, actually, I I won't go too long about it. But it's more of a, the city itself provides so much money uh, to provide temporary housing for a lot of these people. It comes with such harsh rules, like, uh, you know, you you have to be there's a curfew by like eight or nine, and a lot of these people that are out on the streets would prefer to be on the streets than have to confide with these like ridiculously strict rules to stay in these temporary housing. Because a lot of them are addicts, right? And a lot of them have also psychological issues. So it's a very complex issue when you provide housing, yet the people don't accept it because for them, it's also too restrictive. Yeah. So, you know, it's not, it's, it's, it's not this issue of like, why don't we just put them in houses? What if the person that you want to give help to doesn't want doesn't, want, doesn't want your help because your help is too restrictive to them or if they're not psychologically understanding and like they, you know if, if you know you, you're messed up in the head so you see a lot of that even the guy who karate chopped you Dang. he's not sane right so you can put you can put him in ritz carlton but he'll be out by the night yeah. so it's, 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 it's very hard but then at the same time like if you think about like parts of la you'll be walking take one wrong avenue and you're in tent city 
and very aggressive people and you feel very unsafe, I wouldn't want to raise my kids anywhere in East LA. But at the same time, like that's one thing that I really loved about being in the States was the diversity, right? I talked about this so much times too and I just like, wow, like it feels amazing back to be in a in a place like even when we're in a boulder gym there's like mexicans there's americans there's african-americans there's asians there's indians and i just love being around everyone's energy because everyone Mm. adds something different i had so many conversations with different people but with that diversity also comes the reality that not everyone is rich for sure. Right? I mean, I'm just stating the obvious. Like, there's a lot of, like, with the diversity comes different. A lot uh, of discrepancies. Discrepancy in the lifestyles. In, in the quality of living. And that's the reality of the city. Yeah. So that, that's why it's difficult. Yeah. And that's something I was wrestling with. I kept saying in my mind, man, like, L.A., because my fr- one of my good friends now moved to L.A. after being in Orange County. And, 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 and she was like, yeah, I mean, I just love being in L.A. because... Orange County, again, is kind of boring, but also the people in LA are a little bit more cultured. You know, they're more worldly. They have more experiences and just have a better balanced viewpoint of what's going on in life. And rather than just living in that OC bubble of their own race or their own whatever, like income bracket. And I totally vibe with that. But then on the other side, like when we're in Korea, we never feel feel unsafe. And that's one thing that I really love about Korea is that like, no matter what time of day it is, whether you're a man or a woman, you just, safety is just a a presumed fact of life. Yeah, I think I realized that I take that for granted. Right? So that's that's the thing. Like, when I'm in Korea, I feel like it's, it's, it's too homogenous. Like, same way of thinking, same way of acting, yeah. same view of success. That gets boring too. Same personalities. Well, actually, not personalities, but same, like, just, <laughs> You, know, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But then I feel safe because we have this homogenous view of like how to whatever, Most whatever. Way of living. Yeah. So. There's all, always pros and cons, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that was the yin and yang for me. That I, I, that, 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 that was the reality. But <sighs> interesting question. Would you take safety over diversity? Yes. Not that that has to be a binary decision, but... I think for me as a woman, I think I want to feel safe. Mm. Yeah, And I'm so used to living here in Korea now. So that's why. Like, I didn't have that alert around me. I guess back when I was living in the UK, that was like the everyday for me that I need to be more alert Mm. about my safety. So then you also get used to it. But then now it's been a while since I like lived abroad in other countries, so yeah. definitely felt like a like a more a lot more effort yeah. to be more like aware and like have your guards up mm. every time you walk around. Mm. That's uh, I, I think for a guy it's like kind of I mean for you I bet you don't feel as definitely as scared as me so. <laughs> But as I get older and and as a married person, I definitely like much more. We're always together. So like I'm always thinking about I'm always wary. Like it's a little bit exhausting, but especially especially in New York, having to always be wary and like having my city goggles on, like just checking out like who's passing by. Like I had that growing up, but it, I had to re-put it back on. 
And then I remember, like, in Korea, I never have those goggles on because you don't need it because it's always mm. safe. So you forget about it. I mean, it. the only danger here is, like, people who just keep taking right, uh, <laughs> who drive past the red lights. <laughs> taking a, you <laughs> That's get a hit different by a car. type of danger, yeah, right? That's the yeah. only, like, big one. So, guys, I, actually, we have a lot more to talk about from the trip and more stuff. We'll continue on in another podcast. I think we have to get back to work and i have a lot of phone calls coming in related to work so uh we'll cut it here guys i hope you enjoy just a little snippet of it mm-hmm. um definitely wanted to talk about like um insights into, from brooklyn we're in brooklyn when and we went climbing, oh, the, the, climbing c- the quality so- of climbing gyms in america are <laughs> world class <laughs> we uh, need to learn from that oh, and i also wanted to talk about the king serena or king williams or King, King Richard, Richard. King, the King movie Richard. we watched on the plane. Oh, man. That was so inspiring. Oh, and we need to also talk about um, that book. Crying in H-Mart. Yeah, Daniel's, Daniel's coming up with his own version. No, no, Smiling no. in Kumon. No, Katie, you can't drop the name like that. <laughs> oh, man. Katie, no. <laughs> I have it, so now you can't go back. No, no, no. Finish no. that book. All right, guys, we're cutting off here. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>